Tonight is really fun. I am so thankful that you have decided uh, to join us this evening. Tonight, we're going to be dialing in to just one idea this evening. Just one thing. We're going to really focus in and dial in and turn our attention to probably a word that you've seen everywhere this holiday season. I'm sure that it's probably on Christmas ornaments in your house. You have seen it um, probably in store windows. You've probably even heard it on the radio. You've sung about it over this last month. And tonight we're going to dial in to one word, and that one word is hope. Tonight we're going to really dial in and focus in on one key word for all of us to center tonight on, and that key word is hope. Because whether you know it or not, whether you actually believe it or not, you and I are created. Our DNA is, we're hardwired for hope. I believe that God has created me and he's created you with a God-shaped hole in our, in our lives and in our hearts that he comes and longs to fill. In other words, he has created this hole inside of you that is intended for him to come fill and that coming and filling is characterized by an expression of hope. It's everywhere these days. It's, think about it. Think about the best days of your life and also the worst. They probably had everything to do with hope. Whether it was the best day of your life and you were, what you were hoping for finally <coughs> happened. Like she said yes. You were, she, they, not you, but she got pregnant. You got the job you wanted. It had everything to do with a hope that you were holding on to that actually became a reality. Think about maybe at the other end of that spectrum too, where maybe some of the most painful parts of your life, if you're real honest, have to do with a hope that was probably crushed, where maybe you were thinking that the story might unfold this way, and suddenly it took a hard left, and hope was gone. Hope is everywhere this time of year. It's even in our language. We're hardwired for it. We say things like, uh, hope it doesn't rain. Uh, hope the Cowboys win a game, right? <laughs> I know. Man, I'm going to help you out. Hope to God I don't have to watch another Hallmark movie this year. Come on, man. Yes, right? Uh, I'm hoping for an uh, end of year bonus. I'm hoping to see my kids. I'm hoping my family is all together. But we are all, <coughs> we are designed and we're actually created. There is a longing inside of us that we, our hearts long to attach hope to something. And tonight I'm going to ask you just one simple question. One thing for us to kind of zero in on this evening is if I was going to ask you, what are you attaching your hope to? to, how would you respond? Like, like all of us in our DNA and our makeup, we're designed to place our hope somewhere. Where are you placing your hope? Like when it's, when it, when it doesn't go well, like when the story you thought was going to go this way goes the opposite way. When things in your world are just slowly crumbling and you don't even know how to get your arms around it to try to make sense of what the reality is happening. Where are you placing the, your hope? Because the truth is, you and I, we need a hope that is sure and secure. That can carry the deepest longings inside of our lives. The longings of hope that, that we have a hard time even expression. 
We need a hope that we can anchor our hearts to. And you and I have been hardwired for it. I've heard it said that you can live about a month without food. You might be able to live maybe uh, a week without water. You could probably live maybe a minute or two without air. But you can't live one moment without hope. See, I grew up, uh, when, growing up, I grew up going to a sports camp in Missouri. <laughs> and part of that, uh, our, that little experience, they would take us camping in Arkansas. <laughs> um, and Arkansas is actually, y'all, it's beautiful if you've never been to Arkansas. It is really breathtaking. And part of our experience was they would take us splunking, splunking, sputniking, caving is also the way I'll say that. They would take us caving. And y'all, this was straight up redneck caving because they did not have the proper gear for us. Sorry, mom and dad, but they didn't have the proper gear for us. So they would give us like these construction hard hats and then they would take your flashlight and they would duct tape it to your construction app. All right, have fun guys. And we would dive down into these caves and it was like this bottomless, I mean bottomless pit where you would like shimmy through like the cracks to get through and then there would be like this wormhole where you'd get down and you'd crawl through this wormhole and you'd be covered in mud and there might be an inch or two of water like getting you all wet and you were thinking, man, I hope it doesn't get much deeper. And there came this point where you would dive to like the deepest part of the cave and it would open up to this massive, I mean, just massive cavern. And there was this point every year they did the same thing. They would say, all right, turn your flashlights off. And y'all, I'm not afraid of the dark, but it was the darkest dark that I had ever experienced. Being stuck down at the bottom of a cave, not knowing like if something goes wrong, I'm never getting out of here and feeling just cold and wet and panicky. It was a uh, experience that I'll never forget. And oftentimes when the Bible talks about hopelessness. The Bible talks about hopelessness in the, in the same way. It uses this, this metaphor of darkness to talk about hopelessness. Because the truth is, oftentimes, that's exactly what hopelessness can feel like. Where it feels like, man, you're down deep. You're in this pit, and you feel alone, and it's dark, and you don't know how you're ever going to get out of this. And I imagine like, hey, Merry Christmas. I imagine that there's some of us that are living in this right at this very moment, moment if we're really honest with ourselves. Because I think that's what hopelessness can feel like. And tonight, the story of Christmas is the story of how hope breaks into the darkest parts of our lives and brings light to our lives. That there is a remedy for the darkness in this world. There is a remedy for the darkness inside of me. And that is the light of the world. That hope was born in a manger. And you and I get to gather to tell that same familiar story. I want to show you what the, uh, the first John says about this hope in the darkness. Go to the next slide. It says this in first John. Maybe. Okay, so uh, it says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. With Him nothing <coughs> that was made had been made. In Him was life. Here's the part. In Him was life, and that life 
was the light of all mankind. Listen to this. This is so good. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can not overcome it. John says that hope was born into the darkness, that the light of the world has come and the light of the world actually has a name. It's a person and that person is Jesus Christ. John is telling us that you can place all of your hope. You can anchor the hope of your life to something that is sure and secure because he is the hope of the world. He is the light in the darkness. He is the hope that you and I have been longing for. And you see, I believe that whenever we talk about hope, there's two types of hope. I think most of the time we fall into one or two categories. Oftentimes when we talk about hope, we talk about, hey, what are the things you're hoping for right now? I hope to get a job. I'm, I hope to see my family at the holidays. I hope I get a bonus. I hope I get to go on a little ski trip with the family. I hope I get to have, spend some time with my grandkids. But those are things that we hope for. Beautiful, hardwired into every single one of us. You should, those are good things. And yet the Bible also talks about another type of hope too, where you are not hoping for things, but you're actually hoping in something. That there is a hope that you can anchor the deepest longings in your heart to, and you're not hoping for things, but you're hoping in something. And that something actually has a name, and that name is Jesus Christ. Jesus comes as the ultimate hope for the darkest parts of your life. And so we gather tonight to be reminded that light was born 2,000 years ago in a stable. And we gather together to tell the familiar story how the darkest has not overcome the light. That hope was born. That you and I, when we ask that question, where are you placing your hope? We can be sure that there is an answer for that. So tonight I'm gonna read you the a uh, very familiar story that maybe if you uh, grew up in church, you heard this story multiple, multiple times. And I just pray and really, this is some of the most important things that we do tonight is that we get to read and hear from God's word. And I pray that as we hear it, maybe you'll fall on fresh ears for the very first time tonight. It's found in the book of Luke. It says this. Do we have it on the screen? Maybe. Okay. It's Luke, it says, in those, de those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken for the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Cornelius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because that's where, that he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And just like that, in the most, can we be honest, the most embarrassing, the most humble, the most meek way, the hope of the world showed up. Now, honest question, honest question, Christmas Eve, time to be honest. Where are you placing your hope? Because I, let, let's be honest with you, we also kind of live in a very Bible Belt 
type of area where if I were to ask you, where are you placing your hope? You would say, I'm placing my hope in Jesus Christ and nothing less than his righteousness, brother John, right? And I would say, really? Um, It reminds me of the story of like the Sunday school teacher that's like, all right, boys and girls, (coughs) gather around. And the Sunday school teachers teaching second and third graders, boys and girls, I have a question to ask you this morning. What is brown? What is fluffy, has a bushy tail, loves to climb trees, and loves to eat acorns? And one of the little boys raises his hand and says, now, I want to say a squirrel, but because I'm at church, I think the answer is Jesus, right? (laughs) But that's an honest way for us to think about it. Can we be honest about that this evening? Um, If it knocks on your front door, if it gets real, when things start crumbling around you and it starts to feel shaky, are you hoping for something Or have you anchored your hope in someone? What a powerful question for us to consider this evening. Because most of us know the right answer, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But maybe practically there's some subtlety in there that maybe we've anchored our lives into something else. So my wife's family, uh, her parents go to Las Vegas every year. And if you like to people watch, Las Vegas is the best place on earth to people watch. It is really, really a lot of fun. It's all backwards. You go out all night, you sleep all day. A really, really strange place, but really a fun place to go visit if you're into just watching people. I went when I was in college and my roommate wore leather pants out that evening. And I remember, dude, what are you doing? He's like, man, it's Vegas. These look good. And so he was really funny. Uh, Sorry, I don't know where that came from. But so we were, we were, so her family was in Las Vegas and every year they go, and this year they decided to invite some of their, like their closest friends. And so they invite their closest friends, slept all day. They went to the convention during the evening and they decided they were going to go out at night and the night was coming to an end and about two or three o'clock, her parents go to bed and they get a phone call about an hour later. Gary, Debbie, get down to the lobby right now. Are you Okay. Get down to the lobby. We j- we've been asleep for an hour. What? Get down to the lobby. So they hang up the phone. They get down to the lobby and they see a big commotion around one of the slot machines. And it's got that velvet rope that's kind of velvet, like roped off a section of this one slot machine. And all these people are gathered around the slot machine. And they see their friends standing behind the blocked off area. And they see them and there is somebody from the casino with, you know, those big checks out there, those really big checks. And they had won over $800,000 on a slot machine in Vegas uh, playing some, I don't know, whatever they were playing. And so we get the, they, they celebrate, they take their pictures, they do their thing. Well, the next morning, obviously, her parents, Christy, my wife's parents are calling us. You are not gonna believe the story that happened to us. You will not believe what's happened to them. And they're texting us pictures of them holding the big check. And we're like, oh my gosh, over breakfast, we're like, now what would we do if we inherited, like we won that type of money? Hot dog, our kids get braces. Like, that's, that's what we're thinking about. We're going to get to send them to college. We're going to get to buy a new car. And we're dreaming about all of these different things. And it reminded me that, yes, can we be real clear? We know the Sunday school answer, Jesus. 
But it also reminded me that there are places in my heart where I think that money is gonna fulfill me, where money is gonna fill the gaps in my life in a way that only Christ actually, he says, he can. Because you and I are hardwired for hope and yet we have this propensity to let hope drift to things that are never created to satisfy us. Can we be honest about that? Can we just say this evening that you and I have this uncanny ability to place our hope in things that are never created to actually satisfy us? And Christmas is this reminder, come home, come back home. There is this thing inside of you that God longs to fill. There's this hope that only he can come in and satisfy the deepest longing of your heart. A place for you to anchor all of your hopes, dreams, desires, and longings is not in things, but it's in a person. Listen to what 1 Peter says about this. It's just powerful. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth, listen to this, into a living hope. That is Jesus Christ. That is the Christmas story that he has given new birth through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In an inheritance, leave the slide up for me too, and into an inheritance that will never, that cannot perish, spoil, or fade. Peter is pointing out and he's reminding us that you and I have this uncanny ability to place our hope in things that perish, spoil, and fade. That we have this propensity, we have this leaning to place our, our hopes, our longings, and desires in things that have an expiration date. They are not designed to satisfy the deepest craving inside of us. And I've heard it said that that in this world, you can grab all the trophies that this world has to offer, and one day you will lay in the coffin empty-handed. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and so I just want to say maybe just a couple examples for us maybe this evening as we're kind of thinking about where our hope is anchored in. These are some of the ones that maybe you will find yourself in because I certainly have found myself anchoring into these things as well. And so obviously, first, first maybe thing we anchor into things that perish, spoil, and fade is just finance, where I really think that if I can just have a little bit more, then I'm gonna be okay. That if I can just make just a little bit more money, then I'm gonna be able to pay for all my kids and I'm gonna have peace in my house and I feel better about my life and where this life is headed because I feel really secure like I can provide. And here's the thing. I think that God wants us to be very thoughtful and healthy when it comes to our finances, 100%, absolutely. But there is this lie that I often believe that that's gonna lead to some type of fulfillment and meaning in my life. And it's a whole that will never, never, ever produce the type of hope and joy that Christ intends for us. Some of us may not be anchoring into like finances, but maybe it's achievements where it's like, if I can just get in, if I can just make the grades, if I can just get into the college, A&M, if I can just get into the great job, if I can just get the promotion, if I can just climb the ladder and the ladder, it's a false reality that the ladder always goes higher and higher and higher and higher. And it leaves you longing all the days of your life. Some of us, honestly, can we be real clear that some of us might be putting our hope in our appearances. 
And this is true. God has given you one body and you ought to take care of it because it's the house, it's the dwelling place of God. But we also need to be real honest to say that gravity catches up with all of us. That you can tuck it in and pull it up and one day, can I say that on Christmas Eve? Because you can tuck it in and pull it up and gravity will catch up with you at one point. Some of us may be putting our hope and anchoring our hope in a relationship where like I've seen the Hallmark movie, John, and if we can just have that type of relationship, then things are going to be really good. Once she starts or he starts treating me that way, then we're really going to be in a good place. And here's Here's the truth of, of how God wired you and your relationships is God desires for healthy, vibrant, loving, strong relationships, but your spouse is a gift to you. Your spouse actually makes a really poor God. And when we put all of our hope in our spouse, it's a pressure that they can never live up to and you will be frustrated all the days of your life. For some of us, it might be our kids. Can we be honest about that? That we put a lot of hope in our kids to be things that we never could have been. Like, like, don't believe me? Go to a sports event on a Saturday and watch grown men lose their minds at some punk 16, 17-year-old out there refing a soccer game for $5 a day, right? And you will see, you will see, unathletic dads putting all of their hope in, honest, their unathletic kids trying to live all of their dreams and hopes through them. And here's the truth. Here's the truth about that. You can't parent out of, you can't parent the things you don't like out of your kids. That is a yoke that they can never live up to. Your kids, surprise, need Jesus and they need the gospel. And when we try to put all of our hopes and desires and dreams onto them, it's a, it's a burden that they were never designed to carry. And it will leave you frustrated all the days of your life. Many of us in the next couple of weeks will start to think about, oh man, it's, it's a new year. And I need to, I'm a big goal setter. And so I always kind of think about setting goals for this next year. And I imagine that if you probably crossed your mind, hey, I really want to get back to church. I think going to, listen, going to church is so important. I think it's beautiful to be a part of a body, to be a part of a community. There's so much strength in belonging to a group of people to help walk out your faith. But I want to I say something this evening that might sound a little bit strange to you. Even the church cannot be your hope. If you are placing your hope in the church, you will be disappointed all the days. Why? Because it's made up of people like me. And the church is made up of people like you. And we're gonna do things that let you down, that disappoint you, that hurt you unintentionally. Um, things are not gonna be as you like them to be. The church is function, the church's job is not to be your hope, the hope of your world, the church's job is to be a signpost that points to the living hope of this world, and that is Jesus Christ. That is the role and the function of the church, and there's this temptation for us to place our hope in the wrong place. Peter is urging us right here, you can't anchor your hope into anything that is gonna spoil, <laughs> perish, or fade. You are created with this God-shaped hole inside of you that only he can meet. And that hope was born in the stable 2,000 years ago. When my girls were really little, 
my wife is a school teacher, and so it was my privilege of getting to get them up, get them dressed, take them to school, pick them up, do that kind of thing. And uh, it became really tricky when they started to walk. Because I would pick them up at like two o'clock from Mother's Day out, and we'd go home, and I'd try to get some work done before mom got home. And there came this scary season where I would set them down, and I would get busy, and I would start working on my computer, and the next thing I know, they'd be gone. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what time is mom going to be home? <laughs> I better find this kid pretty dang quick. And they thought it was real funny to go hide from dad, like hide under the bed, or Ryan would pick up Maggie, and they'd run to a closet, and they would not say a word. And it was terrifying for me. And I think our hope is actually a lot like that, where we, we set it down and we know where our hope is actually supposed to be, because this is where we have placed it. This is where we've anchored it in. And then we get busy with life and we get busy doing good things. We get busy kind of just with living. And the next thing we know, we look up and our hope might have walked off and has wandered off and it's not where we had placed it. The story of Christmas is that there is a living hope that was born in a manger. And the invitation for you and for us this evening is to let the familiar story draw you back in, to let that familiar story serve as a magnet for you and for your life, to pull you back in so that you can place all of your hope in the living hope, that you can place all of your hope, that you can anchor in to the only thing in this world that will never perish, spoil, or fade. And so without Sunday school answers this evening, where are you placing your hope right now? As you came in, how you came in tonight? Where are you placing your hope? And if you wanna kind of know how to answer that question, if you lift up the soul of your life and you lift, excuse me, lift up the soul, the hood of your soul and you dig in and you look at what's going on in the interior of your life and you say something like, if I only had blank, then I would be fulfilled. If I only had blank, then I could actually really start living. If I only had blank, then I could actually be really happy. And friends, if you are putting in anything into that blank other than Jesus, you're chasing trophies that were never designed to fulfill you. And the invitation for you tonight, right now, is to let the story of Christmas draw you back in so that you can place your hope in the only thing that is sure and secure, and that thing has a name. And that name is Jesus Christ, the living hope, the light that was born into the darkest parts of this world, a light that was born into the darkest parts of your life. And so here's what I'm gonna ask you to do as we kind of wrap it up this evening. We don't do a whole lot of this. If you are regular around the Riverside, we do this very few, very, very little. But I'm gonna ask you just to close your eyes real quick for me. Just please close your eyes. And maybe, I think there's two groups of people in here this evening. There might be like the first group of people in here that, man, you've been, a, you've been around church world a really long time, a really long time. 
you placed your hope down and it was anchored in. And maybe honestly, you got busy with good things and you look up and you realize that you've anchored your life into something that was never intended to satisfy you. If that is you this evening, can you do me a a quick favor? Just put your hand up real quick, just real quick. Good, good. Good. And I believe there's, might even be a whole other group of people here this evening too. That maybe you've never experienced the living hope of Jesus Christ. And that may be a real invitation for you for the very first time that you want to anchor your life into the only thing that is sure and secure. And you want to anchor your life into the person of Jesus Christ. And if that is you this evening, would you raise your hand just real quick? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I'm going to pray for you real quick. God, thank you that you are Emmanuel, that you are God with us, that you stepped down into this world, as the scripture says, you put on flesh and bone and you moved into the neighborhood. God, thank you that we can place all of our hope in you, that we can trust your character, that we can trust your nature, we can trust your heart, we can trust your plan, we can trust your purpose because you are a good, good father. So for my friends, God, maybe have looked down and it's wandered off, God, I pray that there is a rooting tonight, that the Christmas story would draw us back in. And for my friends here tonight, that God, for the first time, for the first time, say yes back to you. God, would you allow them, God, to know you, to know your heart, to know your goodness, to know your intimacy, to know your voice, to know your to know your character, God, right at this very minute. They can anchor all of their hopes in you right now simply by saying yes. So Father, we welcome you here. We're grateful that you are Emmanuel, that you are God with us, that the hope of the world was born 2,000 years ago to the darkness of this world. And the hope of the world can also be born in us. We love you, Jesus. It's in Christ's name.